0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers travel to Moscow without the likes of Ryan Kent and Kyle Lafferty As Daniel Kandias' red card is appealed Ryan Christie's in talks over a new Celtic contract Ahead of what Brendan Rodgers admits is a must-win game tomorrow And more focus on Scotland's absentees with doubts about Matt Ritchie's international future I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Roger Hanna And Scotland chat can wait till next week Gordon Because the only show in town once again is the Europa a league Celtic at home today RB Leipzig I think the Germans are currently at Celtic Park if I look around the place doing their media duties Rangers in Moscow for a rematch against Spartak after the draw at Ibrox a couple of weeks ago and we're now getting to the business end of both groups I was going to say it's a big week for Scottish football Jim but I think I've said that every week mm. since the season started because it's true <laughs> the big games just come thick and fast yeah I mean I think we heard uh, Brendan Rodgers speaking uh, the other day there and saying okay, still been on the season 10-11 games or you, but I think both of them have played about 25 games mm-hmm. so you know it's a, a, a incredible amount of games um, you know for, for this stage of the season uh, you know, but uh, you know, as, as Roger has said, they are now very, very important matches for both clubs. If Rangers can go to Russia and manage to get any sh- uh, sort of result, it really puts them in pole position to qualify from the group. And Celtic know so they just simply have to win the match. I don't think a draw would be good enough. I think they have to go and beat uh, uh, you know their opponents and, and hopefully um, you know can follow up with another one. Uh, Rangers fans, we're going to be going over to Moscow very soon and we're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard. So get in touch. Let us know what you think, firstly, about the size of the task tomorrow and, of course, what about some of these injury absentees? How much of a blow will they be? And if you want to throw the Daniel Kandias appeal into the mix as well because it's quite a confusing one, you can do that. 0141-951-1025 on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Now our reporter Andrew McLean is in Moscow with the Rangers camp. Andrew, uh, what's the latest then regarding personnel? Yes, good evening guys. First of all, I'll say I'm in danger of sounding like Ronnie Charters here at every football match he's ever covered, but it is absolutely freezing here in Russia. But I've been done a favour. I've actually been locked in the press room at the moment, so that's all right. And what a stadium this is, by the way. I think it hosted five matches at the World Cup, but it looks incredible. But uh, Stephen Gerrard, he was speaking to the media in the last couple of hours. He seemed in good spirits. He was praising the way that players have handled this European run so far, but he did open with that disappointing news that you open the show with Gordon Ryan Kent didn't travel with the squad after picking up a hamstring issue on Saturday and he isn't likely to feature until at least after the international break. Against St Mirren, Ryan Kent uh, has come off with a hamstring issue which we are looking into at the moment. He won't be available for us over here in Moscow and at Motherwell either. So the earliest you'll probably see Ryan will be after international duty. We'll have to wait and see in terms of the shape, what we decide to go without here. Obviously, it's an opportunity for someone else um, or other people, certainly over the next couple of games, to come in and um, express themselves. But there's no getting away from it that it's a, a big disappointment for, for myself and the team because Ryan's been in fantastic form. He's a real threat for us. Um, but I'm sure uh, other people um, are jumping at the bit for an opportunity. No, Kyle's still got uh, an issue in his quad muscle um, So unfortunately he hasn't made the trip either There's the first one for you Rangers fans then No Kyle Lafferty but no Ryan Kent 
either How big a blow is that And who would you like to see Take his place In Moscow tomorrow 0141 951 1025 What else was on uh, Stephen Gerrard's mind Andrew Yeah the one thing He said towards the end Of the press conference He confirmed that the club They've appealed the second yellow card That was given to Daniel Kandias On Saturday And it's an interesting one Isn't it Because as far as we're aware, you can only really appeal yellow cards in the case of wrongful simulation and mistaken identity. The question was put to him, but he wouldn't give too much away in what Rangers' approach was. And he also talked about Spartak Moscow tomorrow as well. They are a club that's in turmoil at the moment. Massimo Carrera, he left the club after the or just before the 0-0 draw at Ibrox. Interim manager Raul Riancho, he's in, but he looks to be under some real pressure. He's actually spoken out against the fans. He said this game's pretty much win or bust for Spartak Moscow, and Gerard admits that might have an impact on how the Russians approach the match tomorrow. Um, I've got really nothing to say on that right now. Um, the only thing I can say is that, yeah, I'm aware that there is an appeal going on, and we're, we're hoping that you know, it's successful because we feel like the player's being hard done by and he's potentially going to miss a game that he shouldn't be missing. We believe he shouldn't have got a second yellow on the day. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how the game goes. Uh, I read the, the quotes uh, of Raul, the uh, interim manager, and um, obviously I'm aware of the group, how it's standing at the moment. And uh, I don't think a, a draw does Spartak many favours, so I'm aware that they have to go for the game and go for the win. Now, whether they decide to go gung-ho or... You know, have a, a more of a patient approach. We'll have to wait and see. But for me, what's important is what Rangers do and how we approach it, and that we make sure that we carry our game plan out. A couple of things to kick us off. Then, what do you make of the game tomorrow? Daniel Kandias's appeal and that injury to Ryan Kent. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones. On Twitter, we are at Clyde SSB. Uh, just before we let you go, uh, Andrew McLean. I know you've been speaking uh, to some local journalists over there, trying to get a feel for. The, the view from that side of things and, and how they're feeling ahead of the game tomorrow What sort of feedback are you getting? Well, you know, Stephen Gerrard alluded to it there They said that basically, you know, the feeling is that if Spartak Moscow don't win tomorrow Their chances of qualification are over So it is a case that, you know, they will have to go out They will go for the game But, you know, when you, you looked at Raul Rancho, who is the interim manager It kind of seemed as if he maybe thinks his, his time is almost up at the club Which... It should be interesting to see how that plays out tomorrow But you think if Spartak Moscow don't win tomorrow Then uh, qualification will be a step too far for them Even a draw you think won't be enough So uh, that's how it's looking for them at the moment And Rangers fans set to travel in big numbers there Andrew I'm sure some are, are there already What can they expect from the, the local surroundings? Yeah, I think there's about 700 is the, the allocation that Rangers have been given in this stadium But I I actually think it won't even be half full the stadium because of the, the backing the fans are at the moment As I said earlier, they can expect it to be very cold But it's a very lively place, uh, a lot going on I think I had to cross a, a street that had 16 lanes of traffic in it yesterday So uh, make sure you're safe if you're travelling over to Moscow There we go, some road safety advice from Andrew McLean That always goes down well Roger Hanna, but what about the, the football in a, a a few different topics for the Rangers fans to get their teeth into. 01419511025. Poor Amber's just changed colour at the thought of <laughs> 16 lane roads. <laughs> the, tra- the travel news would take longer than the phone in, would Gordon. Um, let's look positive. I think if Rangers win and Villarreal win against Rapid Vienna tomorrow night, that's the group almost done. Um, Stephen Gerrard, I think, sounded reasonably positive despite the loss of Ryan Kent, despite the continued loss 
of Kyle Lafferty Spartak if you're ever going to catch them out tomorrow night's the night because they are in turmoil the caretaker boss Rauri Anko this will be his last game uh, they already have a successor lined up for him likely to be in charge for the next domestic game uh, the fans don't like Rianko Rianko doesn't like the fans there's a bit of turmoil in Moscow with Spartak so why not? Jim Duffy what about the injury to Ryan Kent then is that the door open for Eros Gresda or Glenn Middleton or someone else? Yeah, I mean, again, it just depends on how Stephen uh, Gerrard decides that he wants to go. Does he want to be really positive and, and throw in Middleton, who's always done well when he's come on? Um, I think uh, Gresda hasn't, I mean, only that one game against it, Mun didn't quite click for him, really. He needs more time, might be better suited to European football, you know, on the counter attack, giving that little bit of space to go. Um, you know, and exploit it um, as opposed to you know up against a kind of packed defence. So you know, it just depends on what way he goes. Obviously, with Lafferty uh, injured as well, um, doesn't have too many options in that role. Could uh, perhaps put Halliday forward one again. He played left back uh, last week, so it just depends if he wants to play a little bit more containing or if he wants to go. But it is, it is a, a disappointment for Rangers at having uh, Ryan Kent injured because he, I mean, he's been pretty much a. A mainstay mm. uh, Stephen Gerrard's teams um, Pretty much since they come in He's the guy that As he say Carries the ball well Gets him up the pitch uh, Eases the pressure And and gives the defence A little bit of a breather And they don't really have Too many other options As I say to you For me Glenn Middleton But he's still got He's obviously got a bit to learn Without the ball And the interesting thing Gordon as well is Never mind tomorrow night Look at Sunday mm. If this appeal for Daniel mm. Candias fails mm. There's no Kent and no Kandias for the Motherwell game on Sunday afternoon Yeah we'll try and get our teeth into that Daniel Kandias situation Because as I said it's a, a bit confusing in the respect that You can't usually appeal uh, second yellow cards like this We'll do our best to explain it and get your thoughts on it After we hear from Mal Who's a Rangers fan from Belfast Hi Mal How you doing guys, you alright? Yeah good thanks Hi, Mal. Mal, what's on your mind tonight? Oh there's a lot on my mind But it was really after that Aberdeen game um, Whenever it was diabolical And it led me starting to think Can Rick Steven Gerrard Deliver three things to Rangers fans One can he Ah uh, hold on Mal's line is um, a bit uh, shaky To say the least Let's get that cleared up And that'll give us a, a quick opportunity Just to introduce the Daniel Kandias topic Roger So uh most people are in the habit, Jim, as you well know, that you know you, you can't appeal a booking. You yeah. can on a couple of instances, one for simulation mm-hmm. uh, and one for mistaken identity. Now, I'm not going to bore you with all the rules, but what you do have to do when you submit a claim of mistaken identity is you must also state the name of the true mm-hmm. perpetrator. So you have to say who should have picked up the booking mm-hmm. instead. Now, you're going to have to fill in some of the gaps here, you two, because... You may notice that the rule doesn't say that it has to be someone on your own team. So whether that's a gap that's been exploited, who knows? But the only other person near it was, was Anton Ferdinand, and, and he did indeed did get booked. Go figure. Yeah, I, I have to say I don't understand it. Are they claiming it was Anton Ferdinand who, who's been booked? Are they claiming it was another Rangers player? Now I couldn't see another Rangers player near the incident, Gordon. Um, are they claiming it was Big DJ? Did he run on and get himself involved in it? Entirely I, possible. I, I just I don't understand the basis of the complaint. Perhaps yes, there was an injustice there. Having seen video of it, I'm not sure Candias did enough to merit a second yellow card. The incident before his clash with Ferdinand, when he was blowing kisses at the St Mirren players, which enraged Craig Sampson, the goalkeeper. Has Willie Collum booked him for that? 
We don't know um, It just seems all a bit odd But as I always say With SFA appeals Anything can happen yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, first of all, we don't know what he was booked for. Was he sport for unsportsmanlike behaviour? You know, um, was he, was he, you know, what was, did Willie call him see something? Like, sometimes you get two players that confront each other. The referee will book both Just players. Both, yeah. books both. It's a kind of standard thing, you know, if both players are having a confrontation. But there didn't seem to be that. Um, you know, Ferdinand put his arm round him, actually gave him a little nudge. And, you know, from, you know, unless we didn't hear something, you know, he said something, who knows? But it just, it was a baffling decision. It just, I mean, and even if he has said something, does that really merit a booking? For me, it was never another yellow card. It should never have been a red card. But I still can't see where Rangers can appeal it. So I think, unfortunately, I think their appeal will fail, even though it may well it may well have been justified. Right, I think we've got Mal back on the line. Carry on, Mal. About that, I was just wanting to say I was very disappointed after the Aberdeen game and it started making me think, can... And Gerard over three things for Rangers fans. First one is is progressing to the next stage in Europe, beating Celtic on the 29th of December. I'm sitting second in the table come the 1st of January. Can he deliver those three things? And I'm sorry, I know I love my Rangers and all the rest yet, but I'm sorry, guys. My answer is no. What's your answer? Okay, three decent questions for you too, Roger. Uh... Answer the first one Progress in Europe Yes A lot will hang on tomorrow night I think they need a positive result In Moscow um, Two away wins tomorrow night For Rangers and for Villarreal As we said earlier Will probably finish the group So yes Would be the answer Can they beat Celtic On the 29th of December eh, On current form It looks unlikely Celtic are playing as well As they've played at any stage This season Rangers are probably Playing as poorly As they've played at any stage This season When you look at Draw it home to Spartak, poor in the final third. Lost to Aberdeen, poor in the final third. Had to get you know a point at home to Kilmarnock when Greg Stewart might have won it for Kelly in the last minute. And then had to wait till the last 10 minutes to wear down St Mirren at the weekend. So if Rangers are to finally beat a Brendan Rodgers team, they will need to improve dramatically in the next six or seven weeks. Third question, can they get to second by the end of the year by the winter break? Very probably yes Jim Duffy Yeah I mean again Similar to, to Roger I, I think that there's a good chance I, I can see them Certainly coming back With a point tomorrow night um, You know from from uh, Russia Hopefully uh, They manage all three But I can see them With the turmoil With the, the Russian team And you know Rangers as I said to you They're you know, 11 games unbeaten In Europe Fantastic record So I think that they seem to Have a, a knowledge in a way and, and, and feel comfortable Playing in that environment So I expect them to get a result um, I don't think they'll beat Celtic I think they've still got a, a fair bit to go To catch Celtic I think Celtic have got too many options They've got too much firepower And we can only go in the one game already this season And, and that was comfortable for Celtic mm. Celtic were miles ahead at Rangers And I know it's Ibrox And their record at Ibrox is still very very good And that should make a difference There's no no question about that But they've still got a fair gap to close there As far as finishing second I don't think it's just up to Rangers I think it's up to other clubs as well I think there's a lot of competition there But with Hearts at this moment in time Having so many injuries um, you know, you may they maybe have just uh, you know a, a, a patch of form that they can't really get back from, and it's really up to Rangers. I think they've got to. I mean, Miles want those three things, but I think you've got to kind of take Celtic out the equation, and then try and beat everyone else. Mm. And if you do that, then there's every chance they could be they could be second. Um, come come uh, the turn of the year. Right, let's get the views of John, who's also a Rangers fan from Shettleston. Hi, John. Yes, hello, I'm a, good evening, panel. Hello, uh, John. My, my, my point is actually um, about tomorrow's night 
weekend in Moscow. But if I could pick up on what happened with Sundays and Ferdinand on, on, on the weekend there, uh-huh. Ferdinand's a season pro, so he knows what he's doing. But Sundays is he's just a young boy, and, and he's and I think he's been roped into it. But that's, that's that. But I've gone to the Moscow game. Okay. And I'm actually, I'm actually, um, thinking that Rangers will come back to full three points tomorrow. What gives you the confidence, John, just at the previous performances in Europe? Because we're actually due up, but the previous performances in Europe, apart from the Park Park Moscow game at, game at home, and it's all been decent results. It's all, it's all been good results. Well, Real was, was one of the great results we could have won in the last minute, but whenever we come back, they're 2 2 draw. Yeah, I think that's fair from John. I mean, even the most critical Rangers fan out there, Jim, yeah. can't be anything less than impressed with the European campaign so far. I mean, getting to the group stages from the first round is hard enough, and to be you know top of the section at this point, there's oh, a lot to draw no, confidence from. Fantastic um, so far from Rangers, and even even the game against CSK Moscow at home. You know, they they they, they played well. I was bad at my sorry, and they, they 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 played well. Rangers they were a bit unlucky; they didn't didn't score, but uh, you know they they control most of the game. But the the you know they've still got a bit of work to do, and that's that's what happens. You get to this stage where there's maybe two or three results can can make a big difference. But um, you know they're still they're still got a bit to go. Um, you know, and the message as Roger said, there they haven't been finding all cylinders. And Stephen Gerrard said himself, he's got to find a way. Uh, maybe you know w- you know taking the game to the opponents, opening the opponents up, particularly away from home. The the Hamilton game they weren't great. The Munn game they weren't great away from home. So there's still elements that they've got to improve upon. But certainly in Europe, not they've been different class. But losing um, you know uh, uh, Kent and and uh, the likes of Lafferty and stuff like that. As I say, there's mm-hmm. really only Morelis that's been scoring goals. I can't he's, see he's, he's eight in his last nine, so yeah, he's on form, isn't fantastic, he? Fantastic, but I can't see Rangers going over there and scoring. Maybe more than yeah. one goal Because I just don't know Where the goals are going to come from Alright on Twitter At Clyde SSB Big Al says The Kandias red card situation Is the perfect example Of why the ref should comment And clear up the booking I mean he will be asked For a statement But I, I think you perhaps Mean publicly uh, Colin will no doubt be away On an all expenses paid European duty And return to weekend action While a potential Kandias Will be suspended From his work Wrongly Keep your thoughts coming The phone number you need Is 01419511025 we're going to hear from Ryan Christie, who could be closing in on a new Celtic contract after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's Jim Duffy and Roger Hanna here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, which reminds me, Roger Hanna, um, my life is doesn't involve a great deal other than this show, right? So I tend to judge what day it is based on which pundit is in that night. That's how I keep myself right. And and this week it's been a bit confusing because you're here on a Wednesday and Mark Goody was here last night. Now, I've always thought that perhaps the people out there don't really care what you guys do, but the outpouring, <laughs> the outpouring of support and concern that you and Gordon have fallen out or that you had um, been struck down by a mystery illness last night, it's been overwhelming. It has. I'm touched that the listeners actually noticed for a start. But I think it's back to back to normal service next week. Jim and Mark Wednesday, myself and Daz Tuesday. 
And hopefully everyone will be happy I think they're just disappointed You've not actually got something No matter you But anyway that's <laughs> All that means Jim Is that you're, you're just the, the utility man you're the, you're the reliable one That they can Aye. all team up with steady Over there Eddie. in that corner of the studio That was the way I played football mate Just steady, steady Eddie, Eddie. I'm happy nothing, with that. nothing Nothing to, to uh, eye catching and you, and you know yourself <laughs> Usually yeah, I'm quite late And then a Tuesday night And Daz has always got a steaming mug of coffee Waiting for me I'm disappointed <laughs> Nothing here from Duff Standards are get, slipping Get me back to the L on a Tuesday <laughs> 0141 on the phones on Twitter it is at Clyde SSB uh, just a final comment on the the Kandias appeal by the way we might actually hear the outcome of that whilst we're on air that would be good wouldn't it uh, we've got one on here the referee's match report should be made public online after every game easy and inexpensive to do not a bad suggestion I'm sure there will be a, a counter as to why that's a good mm-hmm. idea but there we go 01419511025 um, Celtic fans let's hear your thoughts on Ryan Christie Because it looks like He's closing in On a new contract Is that something You would be in favour of Share it 01419511025 The player says He's held positive talks With the club So far As he looks to extend His stay The forward says He's loving every minute Of his time under Brendan Rodgers And he feels like He's earning his place As a regular Very positive I'm hoping to um, You know Get something sorted With the club Obviously I'm You know Love being a Celtic player um, And I want to extend My stay here So uh you know, it is looking positive and, you know, hopefully um, me and the club can come to an agreement, um, you know, quite soon. Obviously, the last kind of weeks helped me, um, you know, in terms of really starting to kind of have an impact and score a few goals. So, um, you know, it's, it's up to me now to kind of kick on from that. Um, but, yeah, definitely I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm part of this squad and that I can, um, you know, I can have a, a big impact in this in this team um, from now till the end of the season. With the contract talks, I, I had to speak to the manager as well and, um, you know, he was brilliant as always and, you know, kind of let me go. Uh, let me know that he, you know, saw a future for me here at the club, which is all I really needed to know. So, um, you know, with that with that knowledge now, I'm, you know, happy to kind of um, hopefully kick on. Jim Duffy, if I told you eight weeks ago that we'd be discussing a new long-term deal for Ryan Christie mm-hmm. and and whether or not he's a must-start in, in big European games, would you have believed me? Yeah, I think Roger will tell you We'd done a column uh, about more than a year ago I think when he was at uh, Aberdeen And I said Celtic were looking for a number 10 at that time And you know when Rogic was out And I says well you know Why don't we look at Ryan mm-hmm. Christie Because he was playing really well for Aberdeen You know he always had the ability Now I think he had to do Which is which is to, to strengthen uh, his, his body Which he's done uh, I believe he's put on uh, You know like a couple of kilos or more than that I think you know in, in muscle and I think that was always important. The modern day footballer has to be, you know, um, you know, physically strong. Uh, and I think that's given them a little bit more confidence in the competitive side of it. But that that's added to his game because there was never any doubt in his ability. And obviously, you need a chance, you need an opportunity. And with Scott Brown being injured and Oliver and Cham being injured, unfortunately, Kuasi getting injured, all these type of things opened the door. For um, Ryan Christie But the one thing is He's taken his chance But I don't think There was ever Doubting his ability um, the, the thing is When all these players Become fit again How does that go But that's a, that's a big you yeah. know, That's a big club at Celtic You're going to have You know Competition for places And I think he's He, he will now be saying To the other guys Listen I'm here to, to play I'm here to put down A challenge Whereas in the past They maybe thought Okay he was just a squad player mm-hmm. You know he'll, he'll, he'll flit in and out But now I think he's He's, uh, he's definitely you know some dates at the forefront of Brendan Rodgers' mind when it comes to selection. And this should stand as a lesson to every young player because mm-hmm. managers can sign players for football mm-hmm. teams, Jim, and they can give players chances. Mm-hmm. It's then up to the player to take the chance. Ryan Christie could have 
He could have idled away And come in now and again And settled for being a French player And gone to the end of his contract And then gone away to another club But he didn't He worked hard In anticipation of his chance And when he's got his chance Not only has he grabbed it with both hands He's now looking as if There's going to be a problem To get him back out yeah. of the team And Brendan Rodgers has now gone to him And given him this new contract uh, Williams a Celtic fan And Craig End The new contract Potentially for Ryan Christie William is that something You'd be in favour of? You know, I think it's great. You know, the young Scottish players uh, making it through, and look how much time it's took him to to get to where he is. And I, I think it's great. I think definitely the the Aberdeen uh, loan period helped him. But you've just got to look at it. You've got to look at these these young Scottish players playing at the level they're playing at. I think it's just great. You know, and I wish him all the best. You know, even in international as well. Hopefully, he can he can get a start in internationals as well. Yeah, that, that would be the other yeah. one which is is round the corner. When I asked you about the surprise, Jim, it wasn't so much me saying yeah. Ryan Christie wasn't a good player. It's just the impression that you got from the club was that he, that he wasn't yeah. near the, the forefront of the plans. Yeah, but as William said, he, he, you know, he, he, you signed for Celtic, you know, initially from Inverness. It, it's a massive move. You come, you, you go to a club with the you know the expectation levels aren't just to win game, but to win them in style. And you and you also look around. You've got a team full of international players. You've got to compete with. You're moving city. You know you're moving into a different environment. All these sort of things. You've got to be able to handle that as a young player. And he maybe wasn't quite ready, as I said, both physically and mentally. So he's went to Aberdeen, who's still a big club, but it's a it's almost like the perfect middle ground. You know. So he goes up a level But not right to Celtic yep. And then he has to still learn Playing for a big club With the demands and the expectation got, and all yeah. that yeah. But then that can almost like It gives him uh, You know A, a, a chance to, to understand what it, What's required Plays a lot of games In the Premier League At the top level Again playing some big games And all of those things I think are important For your development And then he's now went back um, To Celtic A much more accomplished player A much more assured player Confident player and as I said, I think he'll kick on from here. But he does, as I said before. I mean, it's like Callum McGregor went away to Notch County. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's guys that you forget about sometimes. Went away and went again. Went away from the comfy environment at home. Went away down. To and he, even Tom Rogic. I know yeah. there was injuries, but it took him yeah. a heck of yeah. a long time. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. went alone well, as well. He went yeah. back to Australia, if you yeah. remember. And there's Lewis Morgan. Lewis yeah. Morgan spoke to the media yesterday, and he said the way Ryan Christie has developed his career at Celtic acts as an inspiration to him to mm-hmm. prove that you know if he works hard time to catch his eye of Brendan Rodgers his time will come I'll just throw a name at you though Scott Allen mm-hmm. you know Scott Allen is one who went like Ryan Christie mm-hmm. like Lewis Morgan he'd impressed in the Premier League and it was just a move that, that, that hasn't worked out for him at all so that's why I'm praising Ryan Christie because all these players have been given the chance but it's Ryan Christie that's taken the chance. William, hang on the line if you can, and I'll get your thoughts on this because Brendan Rogers pretty much admitting today, you know, the Leipzig game is a, a must win. One of those great football phrases, isn't it? Must win. Uh, but he's challenging his players to rise to the pressure. Um, they will be eliminated if they lose, and Rosenborg don't beat Salzburg. But Rogers is confident in his players' ability, especially at home. Well, we're certainly in a much better place than where we were a number of weeks ago. So the team's really confident and and playing well, scoring goals, defensively strong. We know it's a, a tough game for us, but um, but no, we love playing at Celtic Park, and, and we know it's a game, really, if we're to progress or have any opportunity to progress uh, out to the group stage, it's it's a game, really, we have to win. People will look at it as a pressure game, but 
Not every pressure situation is a negative. Uh, we've seen the, the, the pressure moments as, as opportunities for you to, to go and show your qualities. And like I say, I think in the last game, we, we for the opening half hour, we, uh, we we looked fine in the game. But then when we conceded, we, we didn't play well enough after that, both with and without the ball. So tomorrow night, it's always a different game at Celtic Park. You know, our supporters are everything for us. They, they really push us on and, and help us. And of course, we, we know that we're playing at a much better level uh, and we'll need to be at the very highest level to, to get a result. What are your uh, general thoughts ahead of tomorrow, William? I'm looking, really looking forward to it. I think it's one of these games that both teams will, will take the field and they'll want to win. So I think it'll be a bit like the Hibs game. Uh, I think the way Celtic's playing as well, I think, I think the forward-thinking players are in the park. Uh, I don't think McGregor uh, breaks up the play as well as Brown does, but I think that's why I think we'll need to score more goals than uh, Leipzig do. Uh, that's just the way I look at it. I think it's an edge-of-the-seat edge game, and we'll be looking forward to it. I think that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I think it's always good to have an edge-of-the-seat game. That's what you expect in Europe. You know, you don't expect anything uh, other than that. And, are a, are a very very good side. There's no question about that, you know. And uh, they'll come to Celtic Park full of confidence. They believe in that they won the the, the home leg comfortably. They'll be thinking that they can go to Celtic Park and and um, you know come back with a positive result. But Celtic are playing very well just now. Um, they're scoring goals. You know, McGregor is definitely you know thriving on that responsibility of um, dictating the play, getting on the ball more. Opening things up Yeah you take a little bit Of a risk defensively But they're going to have to Take a, a, a risk defensively You know they can't Sit in and hope That it's a tight game Celtic have got An awful lot of positive players An awful lot of attacking players In their team They're going to have to Go for it And I think if they do go for it Get the Celtic support Behind them Crank up that atmosphere Then I, I think that the, In the form they're in They can get a real good result And I think If you, if you look at the group Celtic's two hardest games Are behind them Away to Salzburg Away to Leipzig They've now three games In front of them if they win them, they're through. So, in isolation, can Celtic beat Leipzig at Parkhead? Yeah, if they play the way they can, they probably can. Can Celtic beat Salzburg at Parkhead? Again, if they play the way they have been playing, maybe Salzburg will be through by the time they come to Celtic Park. Can Celtic win in Toronto time? Of course they have. Done it before. Mm. Done it quite recently. So, if they play the way we all know they can play, the way they've been playing recently against Hearts, up at Dundee, then Celtic still have a really good chance in this group. How do you feel generally about Europe these days, William? Because in it, you know in the past, it's been such an, an incentive for Celtic to do well and so many fantastic nights. It feels like this season, because the results haven't gone well, and that starts obviously with the failure to make it to the Champions League. It feels like there's just a lot, a lot of negativity when it comes to to Celtic in Europe. Can that change tomorrow? I'm, I'm, Europe to me, Europe, Europe to me. I always, I always love Europe up to Christmas. You know, I mean, to me, it sets up the season for Celtic. Uh, to me, it doesn't really matter what competition it's in, you know. But I know the Champions League's got the prestige and all that, but I, I mean, I still enjoy the European games and the, and the levels that you've got to play it and the levels that Celtic maybe have to rise again to do to play it. So, I, I, I love Europe. I, I love the Europe and I love the way it's set up. I love Celtic being in it every year. Uh, the bread and butter's obviously there all the time, you know. But I just think, I just think. I would love us today a wee bit better in Europe and hopefully we can get the result tomorrow night. 
Yeah, Jim, it's, it's it's going to be the age-old debate. It rages on and on about you know Celtic's place in Europe because of the financial advantage that a lot of the big clubs have. Yeah. On the other side of that, take a look at the Champions League last night. Yeah. Underdogs can win yes. in Europe. I mean, yeah. look at the Liverpool Liverpool's result. Yeah. Um, was it Bruges went to Monaco yeah, and won four nil. nil? Yeah. I mean, if you're a, a glass half full type mm-hmm. of support, why why can't Celtic do that? Yeah, again, you can, but I think you know you have to stop looking at you know the wages or else. What's the point? You know, in, in Scottish football, there'd be no competition. Then you know what I mean. So you know, you have um, your surprise results. It's up to the team to go and make sure they're good enough. But I think from Europe, is said, yeah, well, it's the Europa League, the Champions League. There's a freshness about European games. You play each other a minimum four times in Scotland mm-hmm. in the league, and then you may well draw them in the cups as well. You could be playing somebody five, six times a year. So. I think that you know it gets a wee bit stale at times. Whereas a European competition, where it's Leipzig, Salzburg, you know whoever's coming, where it's uh, Moscow, you know the the as I said, it's, it's a real freshness, it's a real energy, and also the opposition are rarely get the same fear factor as perhaps domestic clubs go. So they approach the game differently as well. So I think it's always a fascinating game, and it's a it's a, it's a fantastic night European football in Scotland. And how would it, how good would it be for Scottish football and for our reputation abroad and for dare I use that word, Gordon? Coefficient mm-hmm. If the two of them Could get mm. through To the last 32 You know A draw Before Christmas Exciting games To look forward to In February It would be absolutely fantastic mm. If Celtic and Rangers Could both get through I think Roger the, the, I mean Not that long ago Was every every club get, Was it £340,000 Or something yeah, like that You know From Celtic's ro- Last running, season in Last yeah. year So again <laughs> Excluding Dumbarton Jim Before your yes, fans yes, I, I think that was £34 I think But uh, you know I think that it's, it's, you know, We know it's not the Champions League We know it's not the same But it, it helps everybody I mean the profile Yeah But financially as well For the clubs And that can Increase the quality of players that we can bring into the league. Okay, 01419511025 on the phones. We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Anthony Neal has tweeted in. Uh, he says Christie's new contract is well deserved. He's stepped up to the mark when we had several injuries and he's played his part in the last few games. Additional goal threat and looks stronger and has approved, improved immensely. Let us know what's on your mind tonight. Tweet us at Clyde SSB or you can give us a call 01419511025 after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Jim Duffy and Roger Hanna here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You can get in touch on the phones or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. A uh, couple of things still to get through. Don't forget, in the second hour of tonight's show, we've got a, uh, an exclusive interview with Andy Little, the former Rangers. Striker who's decided to hang up the boots Only 29 years old um, It's about as open and honest A take on the, the, the trials And tribulations of a football career That you will hear so make sure you don't miss That one coming up a bit later on In the show 01419511025 is the number Chris has dialed He's a Rangers fan from Edinburgh Hi Chris Hello how are you doing? Good thanks what's your point tonight? Uh, the point is really the Candace red card mm-hmm. Um Obviously, you watch the same thing as I watched on the telly there. When they peel it back, you see Candace talking to the goalkeeper. They're having a bit of banter. Him and each other both are smiling. Next minute, the St. Murray boy's coming along. He grabs Candace, looking like he's nipped him. He's in. Give him a little jab to the side of the jaw. And the next minute, the referee pulls out a red card. Now, that red card should have never, ever been for Candace. That should be for the St. Murray player. Because that was basically an assault in my eyes. Now, if you... Attack someone on a field That is an assault So he should have been gone And Candace should have never Ever been given a second yellow 
And that's my opinion anyway Well this is where we are reading between the lines of this appeal Because you know people are, are I can see lots of tweets about you know changing the rules and so on No rules have been changed Rangers have just tried to go down the road of mistaken identity And I'll, I'll repeat the point Jim When you do that you must also state the name of the true perpetrator to proceed now what you'll notice That doesn't say And I know that usually yeah. It would be someone in your team, team yeah. But it doesn't say that, that it has to be someone in your team So perhaps And again Only reading between the lines Perhaps it is just a It's a bit of a shot in the dark To say well it should have been Anton Ferdinand And not Daniel Kandias The only problem there Is Anton Ferdinand Did Was booked for it So Yeah I mean I, I don't I don't agree Chris It wasn't assault I mean it's just ridiculous uh, Turn the phrase there You know It was a little nudge As he put his arm around him but, uh, you know, as I said before, we, we all agree that the Daniel Candace didn't deserve a yellow card. Um, you know, but as I said, we don't know if something's been said that we didn't know. And, and these are the things that, you know, you've had uh, people uh, obviously asking and saying that maybe the referee's report should be made public. That's not going to happen just now. All we can go on is, is where, it, where, where it currently is, is whether rules are right or wrong. Uh, you know, we, we, we can't do anything about um, Gordon. The rules simply state that if it's mistaken identity, then you have to, you know, say who the other person was. And I just we just can't see how that can possibly be. But a hundred percent agree that that Candice, in my mm. opinion, should even if he is blown kisses and all that stuff. What, so what? You know, what I mean, as I said before, it's not. It's that doesn't deserve a a, um, a yellow card, in my opinion. But as I said, yeah. in the rules, the referee may well have thought. It was um, unjustly conduct or unsportsmanlike yeah. behaviour or whatever, and if there's a a cause for that, then Willie Collum may well, you know, by the strict letter of the law, somewhere along the line, think he was justified. And, but and actually, Jim, I, don't, I, I don't think they can blame it on Anton Ferdinand. Was there mm. not a case a couple of years ago? Mm. A Hearts player, Mallory Martin, mm. was booked. For a foul on Louis Mont of Motherwell <laughs> yeah. And it was a ridiculous thing Because Lion Lainsworth had tripped, his own, player, exactly, tripped up yeah. his own player So Hearts appealed the yellow card Under the mistaken identity yeah. rule Presented their paperwork to the SFA And said Lion Lainsworth did it right. Not Mallory Martin And were told by the SFA yeah. Actually you can't point the finger At a player from another team mm. The only way mistaken identity appeals work is If you're naming another player from your own team, your own team yeah. So Mallory Martin actually lost his appeal Hearts lost £1,000 appeal fee and at that stage, we're keen for a rule change, but the rule change has never come along as far as I know. The other thing is, uh, and I really don't want to get bogged down too much in the disciplinary process, but remember, we've been talking a lot this season about things like violent conduct. Yeah. And you remember when those situations come about, what happens yeah. is it gets shown to the panel of the referees, yeah. yes. the three former referees. If they agree unanimously, it then, goes, it then get, get, gets taken forward, if you like. A claim for... Mistaken identity mm. Doesn't have to go through The same hurdles mm. well, So what happens is When the claim goes in It then automatically goes To, to the, the panel yeah. Providing you're willing to pay The, the £500 or whatever it is So there's no real deterrent Against the, the only thing I, I that say, happening I, Again we know that the rules Just seem to you know Kind of I don't know If they just shift the rules around But a couple of weeks ago Darren McKinnon Picked up a yellow card mm -hmm. For a tackle And you know We were led to believe that If the referee saw it yeah, and he couldn't go back to it, but that was then decided. No, no, you can actually go back to it again. And he end, uh, he picked up a two-match ban because they upgraded it to a red. And before, I never knew that that could happen. God, I always thought, well, if everybody yeah. saw it, then as long as they didn't see the full extent if they, of it, if they, yeah. if they thought, if they looked at it again, thought, no, I actually, in in retrospect, it was a red card. Mm. 
So do they, do they go back to Willie Collum and say, listen, you know, in retrospect, did you see something or did yeah. you think you saw something from Daniel Cadiz that didn't actually happen? And he may well, yeah, I thought he'd done this. Or actually, now, now I can see he didn't. So therefore, I, I wouldn't have given a yellow card. That's the only way that I think they can possibly win any appeal. And in terms of the upgrade, my understanding is, off the back of TV highlights of the incident at the weekend, I think the compliance officer, Claire White, did look at the incident in case Ferdinand's involvement merited the yellow card being upgraded yeah, exactly. if you like to a red card and it was decided I'm not sure whether it was decided by Claire White or by the panel of the three referees but there has been no action taken against Anton Ferdinand to upgrade it so he's in the clear mm. fascinating to hear you know whether it's tonight whether it's tomorrow morning how this appeal for Daniel Candace is, is treated Yeah CC says Candace was booked for the incident before he was grabbed by Ferdinand why do you continue to ignore that? I'm not. Is that yeah. is that an issue? Is that something you've noticed in the footage that's available? No, 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 he didn't. I mean, it, it, I mean, the two of them were together, and then the referee came over and gave a yellow card to, and obviously a second yellow card, which meant he was given the red. Mm. All right, thank you to Chris in Edinburgh. It's oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you want to have your say on the phones on Twitter, we are at Clyde SSB. Um, I'm just yeah. I was wondering if we would get an outcome of that, but it certainly doesn't look like it. Uh, at the moment, I suppose the the other thing would be the, the footballing side of it, Roger. Like you say, if Daniel Kandias, if, if this well, does yeah, get thrown I, out, I, Ryan Kent take on Motherwell. Well. Now, Motherwell have had a great week. They've had two victories. They have beaten St Mirren. They've beaten Dundee. They're well clear of the, the drop zone now. They're in a decent run of form. I saw them at the weekend for Super Scoreboard in that win against Dundee. They look an improved team, Gordon. So they'll come to Ibrox full of confidence. It's almost a free hit for Motherwell now Given that they've got themselves out of this bother They've shown they can trouble Rangers The 3-3 game at Fur Park early in the season And if Rangers have to go into it Without Kent, without Kandias Without Lafferty They would look short in the, the, the final third And they've already experienced problems in the final third When you look at no goals against Spartak No goals against Aberdeen Only the one at home to Kilmarnock So it's putting an increasing burden on Alfredo Morelos uh, yeah, David's not happy with you Jim He says Please tell Jim Duffy In Scots law What Ferdinand did Is assault He gripped the Rangers <laughs> player By the trapezius nerve And then punched him Yeah okay Well as I said before You know I was holding an opinion and my, You're agreeing uh, to uh, disagree uh, On that uh, one uh, yeah, I, I, No we're, we're, I just we're, totally we're, disagree it's 20, just nonsense 20 years assault. in the game Duffy You ever grab the trapezius uh, Well thankfully You know I've uh, probably been grabbing A few places in trapezius I don't think was one of them See that this just depends It all depends Your your background That's not a punch in Mary Hill a Mary Hill punch is different That's what that's it nah, Listen uh, you, know, you can use the term if you want You know anybody can look at things I said before It's like anybody wants to be offended Can be offended by anything You know But to me It was it was just a little bit of a wind up And uh, you know You got a yellow card Fine mm. You know what I mean Move on Alright Danny's also on Regardless of the rules And I do hope the card is voided This gives the likes of Middleton and Gresda The chance to come in Not ideal But we have a squad with depth now For these instances the pundit with goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Time for beat the pundit. Roger Hanna and Jim Duffy are standing by. Uh, my word, what a treat we've got in store for you later on. Chance to give away tickets to the Star Sixes as well. But in the meantime, it is time for beat the pundit. You've got thirty seconds against one of these two. You show off your knowledge. And you try and win yourself a signed ball If you want to play, do it quickly 0141 951 1025 You only have until the news at 7 o'clock 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Jim Duffy and Roger Hanna here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Still lots to get through. Don't forget later this hour, a cracking competition which is going to um, paint Roger Hanna and Jim Duffy in a light that you've never seen them before. That's all I'm going to say Giving away more tickets to the Star Sixes at the SSE Hydro And we've got a really open and honest interview With former Rangers player Andy Little Who's decided to hang up the boots at the age of just 29 So that's a flavour of what's still to come after this Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday it is time for Beat the Pundit Roger and Jim are both standing by One of them is going to be up against Craig Who's a Rangers fan from East Kilbride How are you tonight Craig? I'm good thanks First time first time playing? Yes What? Why is tonight the night then? I don't know me I, Honestly I've just gave it a bash <laughs> And it's the first time I've even dialed the number And it's, it's came through I hope you're not regretting it <laughs> <laughs> No I won't be We'll find out in the next 30 seconds or so I'll toss the coin and see if you're up against Roger or Jim Heads it's Roger Tails it's Jim and it is Tails Jim Duffy up against Craig from East Kilbride so let me give Jim some Clyde 2 in his ear uh, and we'll get your clock up and running Craig you've never played before so let me explain it you've got 30 seconds get as many questions right as you can remember you can pass so feel free to pass and we'll move on alright okay. good man your time starts now which team is Aberdeen's Max Lowe on loan from Hibs, Aberdeen and which other team Are currently on 18 points in the Premiership Come on. Which Newcastle player has pulled out of the Scotland squad oh, oh, uh, Which League One team in Scotland Did Robbie Nielsen finish his playing career with uh, These are tough In which year did Falkirk face FC Vaduz in the Europa League in which year right, Take your time you get time to answer this In which year did Falkirk face FC Vaduz In the Europa League Just guess a year If you don't know it 96 Right they were tough Craig I must admit Let me bring Jim Duffy uh, Back Jim Duffy are you with us? Yep Right same set of questions to you Let's do it Which team is Aberdeen's Max Lowe On loan from? Ooh, Middlesbrough Hibs Aberdeen And which other team Are currently on 18 points In the Premiership Hibs Aberdeen And uh, Livingston which Newcastle player has pulled out of the Scotland squad? Matt Ritchie. Which current Scottish League One team did Robbie Nielsen finish his playing career with? League One team? Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, Brecon. Uh, which year did Falkirk face FC Vaduz in the Europa League? Uh, 1992. And who is the only non-Scottish league team that John Hughes played for? Uh, Non-Scottish... Uh, Quick. Oh, Swansea. Right, okay. Craig, first time playing Could have gone better <laughs> I, I thought the questions were tough I to They say were that. hard to be fair I must I think admit. even Roger Hanna Might have struggled there Oh don't be daft No one <laughs> that tough uh, Right we'll go through them anyway Craig And uh, reveal your fate At the end The first one Which team is Aberdeen's Max Lowe On loan from It's Derby County mm-hmm. So nil uh, nil. Hibs, Aberdeen And which other team Are on 18 points In the Premiership Jim Duffy nailed it It is Livingston oh, So it goes 1-0 close to, saying, on, <laughs> to Jim uh, It goes 2-0 to Jim Because Matt Ritchie Has pulled out of the mm-hmm. Scotland squad which current League One team did Robbie Nielsen finish his playing career with? Jim, you've had two games, I think, in charge of Dumbarton, yeah? Yeah. Who have you played so far? 
Uh, we played obviously at the weekend uh, at Montrose and East Fife. East Fife. There we go. He didn't know that one. So 2 0 no. to Jim. Uh, Roger, what about this one? Which year did Falkirk face FC Vaduz in the Europa League? Oh, you want me to have a guess? Yeah, I can have a guess. I'm going to say 2011. 2009 What a murder question that is Honestly really tough Uh, And who's the only Non-Scottish league team John Hughes played for You were almost Taking too long And I was going to Take it away from you But it was Swansea So credit where it's due Three to Jim Duffy And Craig That is the harsh reality Of when the pressure is on None for you I'll definitely Call again Call again Is it easier at home? Uh, I'm actually sitting in the car I'm just literally pulled up It's easier when the pressure's not on though eh? That's it Good man Feel free Try again any other time And the good thing Craig It's not really for me to say And rub it in But the bar's been set pretty low So things can only get better Next time <laughs> Jim Duffy's happy with that though A three no, Listen I, I thought they were, Yeah they were tough Did, did you know more than, than three Roger Go and be honest No I wouldn't have thought so no You didn't get the Max Low one You'd I mean, that, the Max Low one yeah. he's, he's in the paper this morning Talking about Frank Lampard Wanting to mm. extend his oh, loan right, so there you go well, That See, helps If I'd have read the paper That would have helped <laughs> yeah, yeah, it certainly does. All right, oh one four one nine five one one oh two five on the phones on Twitter. It is at Clyde SSB. Um, let's hear a bit from Scotland coach James McFadden, shall we? It seems at the moment there's a lot of uh, spotlight, if you like, on Scotland's absentees. It would be nice to be in a position where we focus on the players that are involved, um, but unfortunately, that is not the reality at the moment. Um, we'll, we'll get to that in a Specifics after we hear from James McFadden Here's his thoughts ahead of these upcoming games for Scotland I think it's important the players are looking forward to it I don't think they should be looking and saying There's, there's pressure, of course there's pressure on the game But don't be fearful of it You know, Meet it and, and accept the challenge Of going and winning the two games Winning the group and setting us up for the, the playoffs Going into the qualifying campaign as well I think the challenge is there For, for guys to go and score goals to, to be match winners, to be heroes And and we believe that the group we've got are, are the right mix for that. It's obvious, it's two games, we need to win the two games. I know there's other permutations that if you don't win the first game you can still qualify, but we're going to try and win the two games. It is now or never, because if we don't win the two games then we, we don't win the group and we need to be concentrating on the, the qualifying campaign. But yeah, it certainly is now the turn up, focused on the two games at hand, with the hope and expectation that we win it. Uh, like I say, there is a side issue here. I think that the first line of that clip we just played was that hopefully the players are looking forward to it. It would appear that they're not all. Um, the latest one that's been getting headlines is Matt Ritchie. Um, now, it looks like there's been a bit of a, some people would say, a, a lack of commitment on his part in the past. That would be an accusation. He would may well disagree with that, Roger Hanna. Um, well, but either way, he, he's well, one who's not involved at the moment. Here's the bottom line. These guys in the English Premier League will be getting thirty or £40,000 a week from their clubs. They're not getting that from Scotland. These aren't young players in the first flush. James McArthur's over 30. Robert Snodgrass is over 30. I think Mark Ritchie's close to 30. They will want to do everything and anything in their power to extend their club careers with these clubs and continue to earn the type of life-changing money that they're earning. And that anything and everything, unfortunately for Alan McLeish, involves dipping out of Scotland. Now, James McArthur has come out and said, I can't play again. I'm just going to play for my club. I've got an ongoing fitness issue and that's me done. Robert Snodgrass has said, I'd like to play for Scotland, but at the minute I'm having to manage an injury situation. So West Ham is my priority. And I think it's similar with Matt Ritchie. Newcastle, for him, is his priority. But let's go back to the start of the show. We talked about Ryan Christie and we said, Ryan Christie's been brilliant. He's taken the opportunity that has been given to him. 
And now that's what Scotland players have got to do It might be Ryan Christie again Given an opportunity that he has to get up for Scotland It might be Michael Devlin at the back Making a debut in Albania It might be Ollie McBurney Giving a chance up front with Lee Griffiths And Stephen Naismith out of the squad So all Alec McLeish can do Is pick the players who want to be picked All he can do is give them a shot Give them an opportunity And then it's over to the players To take that opportunity And let Scotland win their Nations League group A point in Albania Three at home to Israel See it quickly, sounds easy <laughs> Yeah, I mean I think um, you know For me, just concentrate the players that want to play I, I mean, I, I really don't care about the ones that don't want to play And whatever reasons they've got It's their, their choice it's, their, it's up to them You know, whether it's injury Protecting their, you know, their Their, their, their their careers, their, their, their uh, club careers, whatever, that's their choice to make. Um, you know, I think if if I was manager of Scotland, I think in in that campaign, I think if someone said to me they didn't want to play that with me, I would eliminate them from that from that particular campaign. It's up to, if another manager comes in and wants to bring them back to the fold again, absolutely no problem with that. That's, again, that manager's choice. Uh, as far as injuries concerned, I always think that it should be the, the Scotland um, doctors and uh, physios that should determine whether a player is unfit or not to, to, to perform international duty. And then it's the manager if he's and says, listen, he's 80%, but he, you know, he's fine uh, to, to, to contribute. Then it's up to the manager to say whether he wants to risk him or not. But listen, focus on the players who are happy to come and play for Scotland. We've got some very good, very talented players there. I think the likes of McGregor and Christie and guys like that who are playing very, very well just now. Obviously, McKenna and Devlin have formed a really good partnership up at Aberdeen. Um, you know, we've got players who are happy to turn up. The guys that like to Kieran Tierney playing out a position who's more than happy. So we've got more than enough quality in that uh, group of players mm. um, to focus on rather than worrying and, 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 and here's, here's one, the ones who don't want to Forget the guys who aren't here. Yeah. Pick the guys who want to Aye. be here. Pick the guys in form. So... Yep. I'll draw a scenario for mm. you Guys in form Ryan Fraser one side mm. James Forrest the other mm. Ollie McBurney scoring goals for mm. Swansea mm. So that sounds yeah. reasonable For midfield Callum McGregor in that quarterback mm. role Ryan Christie one mm. side of him John McGinn the other yeah. side of him mm. Sounds fantastic Stephen O'Donnell Six caps mm. Done well for Scotland Get him playing at right back Two Aberdeen lads Devlin and McKenna mm. Just kept a clean sheet at Hamden in the semi-final Get them in Either Gordon or McGregor Both playing well Them in goal Andy Robertson the captain at left back then you've suddenly got a problem. <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. Where, yep. do, where, does, where do you fit in, Kieran? I think this is the biggest issue Alec McLeish has got. Will he go there? Is he brave enough to leave out either Andy Robertson or Kieran Tierney? Because for me, if you're picking your best team, your best team, you can only have one in a minute. At Clyde SSB, if you've got any points to make on Twitter, we'd love to hear from you on the phones as well. 01419511025. Does it feel to you like there's a lack of. Commitment amongst the Scotland players at the moment Or is that unfair And it's just other circumstances Tell us what you think 01419511025 Stephen Ray's on And maybe one for you Jimmy says uh, What's going on with Liam Cooper Captain and leader of Leeds Baffling how he's not in the squad mm-hmm. um, I am not Please mm-hmm. Let me be clear I am not saying This is mm-hmm. the definite reason And it should be accepted by everyone And not argued with we do have an unbelievable amount of left-footed mm-hmm. defenders. Yes, does that come? Would, would that come into a manager's thinking? Well, possibly, he might just think that the likes of Scott McKenna, Kieran Tierney, Charlie McGrew, all these guys, Andy are, Robertson. And, 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 but we don't, I don't need another player in that ro- in that area. And again, as as as, as um, Rogers touched on there, you know, you can only select so many. And yeah, a, a guy playing for Leeds and might think, oh, he he deserves it, but. 
you know, even even the likes of Kearney at Fulham, who, who doesn't want to play at this moment in time, or not sure if he wants to play for Scotland, he's left-footed and stuff. So, we've got a plethora, you know, we've got Ryan Christie coming in. As, as Roger mentioned, the three centre midfield players that Roger mentioned are all left-footed. John McGinn, Carl McGregor, Ryan Christie. You know, so... You know, Stephen Fletcher's been brought into the squad as a striker, left-footed. You know, we've, we've got so many. It's it's actually it's a, you know, it's just a, a, a an era where we're we're either blessed with so many or we haven't quite got the balance on the right hand side. But listen, focus on the players who do want to play, who are happy to be committed to Scotland, who you know really are talented. We've got young players there. I think um, I listen to James McFadden there. Yeah, go and express yourself. Go and uh, you know take that challenge. And accept that challenge, and 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 you know, for me, I don't think there's any reason why Scotland should not be confined for this group. You know, we have got more than enough talent, even with players missing, um, to 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 win these games. And I think I think we should be looking at six points from these two games. We should be beating Israel at home, beating Albania away, and making sure we're top of that group. It's not the most scientific way of judging it, Roger, but there is a general thought that when. The, the, the squad or, or the nation is, is in a good place Everyone turns up And no one pulls out And everyone makes themselves available I mean are these two linked? Because there seems to be a, a lot more people pulling out at the moment And like we say A couple of outstanding cases of guys Actually unwilling to, to be to be called up And then and perhaps issues from previous squads well, carrying on Listen we obviously look at the Scotland team We all love the national team We all wanted to succeed I don't think this is a problem That's unique to Scotland just look across the water to Northern Ireland. Kyle Lafferty didn't go with Northern Ireland the last time. You look down south, you know, plenty of players have walked away. Jamie Vardy has decided he doesn't want to play international football anymore. I'm quite sure if we examined all the nations on mm-hmm. the continent, there are one or two or three players the same. So it's not just Scotland. Obviously, we're disappointed any time we hear that a Scottish player that we think could enhance the squad doesn't want to be part of the squad for whatever reason. And I'm quite sure... Snodgrass, MacArthur, Richie, Kearney I'm sure they all have what they believe to be legitimate reasons for not coming to the squad We are disappointed but I don't think Alec McLeish is alone I'm sure every international manager could cite three or four And there we go, we talk about it all being about opinions on this show Two tweets, uh, 20 seconds apart um, First one all about this is Why does Tierney need to fit into the team? You pick the best players and Robertson is miles ahead of Tierney 20 seconds later Simon says If Tierney's dropped It's a joke He's better than Robertson Tierney would be a standout In any English Premier League team There we go uh, Andy is from Drumchapel He's a Partick Thistle fan What's on your mind tonight Andy? Hi guys How you doing there? Um, Andy. I was trying to go in last night But I think uh, my phone ended up losing the battery So yeah, apologies But it's good you've got me on tonight um, Just want to talk a little bit about Partick Thistle I, I know I'm a few days late here But I was at the game on Saturday mm-hmm. uh, Through in Morton um, and to be honest with you we, we, we started the game Really really good um, Probably as positive As I've seen us play You know For a long time um, And after we got the first goal uh, I, I don't know what happened to the team But uh, The morale was shot to pieces And as, as you know As he's nobody score it, it was an embarrassment um, You know Standing Standing on the terraces there um, At Capelo, uh There was a lot of discontent In the fans Um I think Gary Caldwell, um, he wouldn't have been my choice uh, for the manager, but now he's there. Uh, you know, there was a lot of fans on the forums and on Saturday kind of shouting, uh, telling him, you know, to go already. I think we need to give him a chance. Uh, there was some signs of improvements for the first 20 minutes. Um, that that team that he's got there, morale shot to bits. Uh, personally, I don't think any of them just now, uh, you know, deserve to be wearing 
we're in the top. Um, Fitzpatrick, I don't know why we're not playing him. Uh, why he's he's on the on the bench all the time. He's, I think he's the best player in the team just now. Um, I've seen him a few times, and when he's come on, he, he lights up the park. Um, he's got a bit of dig about him, and that that's what we're missing. We're, we're missing players that, that that you know want to go in and win fifty fifties, uh, win headers, chase the balls down. Um, I'm a bit disappointed with the board as well. I phoned you guys up in our last season there when we finished eleventh. Uh, we still had to go to you know Livy and play them, and I said that I didn't think we would win. That Livy were on a high, Thistle were on a low. Yeah. Um, the board should have got rid of Archie six months before you know last season, um, and to have a change of chairman and then the new chairman come in and still you know give Alan Archibald a chance. Um, you know, I, I think you know shocking. We we new chairman, new manager. Um, my, my opinion, a lot of the other fans' opinion is. We'll be lucky to avoid relegation this season. Andy, I'll I'll tell you what, Andy, we're a little bit short for time, but you make a lot of good points, and I'm really keen to get the guys' opinion on them. So let me put them to to the guys quickly. Remember at the start of last season, Andy, Pedro Cashina accused Aberdeen of coming to the end of their cycle, and Derek McKinnon has got awful upset. Partick Thistle, for me, that team has come to the end of its cycle. The team of Doolan, Erskine, Bannigan... All of those guys, wonderful players for Partick Thistle, wonderful servants to the club. Um, I think Alan Archibald will look back and think perhaps he was too loyal to the players in that team, the players that took him into the top six in the Premiership. And the biggest mistake of all was a year past in the summer, having got to sixth place, that people at the club didn't look at the team and say, right, this team's been fantastic. We've got as high as we have for 34 or 35 years, but we just need to start... Turning it over We need to start Getting new players in Freshening it up Maybe younger legs Maybe as you say A bit more dig In the middle of the park Maybe another central defender And They were too loyal To too many players For too long The team's reached The end of the cycle And Gary Caldwell now Needs to be given The January window Probably the summer window And maybe even The next January window to turn it all over and completely refresh the team. I'm going to have to leave it there, I'm afraid, Andy. Thanks for the call. Do it again sometime. But I am seriously uh, running late for this. Win VIP tickets for Star Sixes, SSE Hydro, 4th to 6th of January. Now this should be good fun We're giving you the chance to win up to six VIP tickets for the Star Sixes Which comes to the SSE Hydro at the beginning of January Some absolute legends of the game reuniting under one roof in Glasgow In order to win the tickets, Jim Duffy and Roger Hanna are going to be playing Star Sixes Read My Lips You should see the look that they've both just given me Read your lips Well, you're going to read each other's (laughs) lips What's going to happen is One of you is going to have loud music blaring in your ear You're not going to be able to hear the other one And he's going to be trying to mouth or say the name of a famous footballer You're going to have to guess the answer And that will depend how many tickets the contestant wins 0141 951 1025 Give us a call right now You only have until the end of the break Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. If um, open and honest footballers are your thing, then stay tuned for an interview we've got with Andy Little, the former Rangers attacker has decided to retire from the game aged 29 serious injuries uh, and just unable to, to cope or handle uh, the demands of the game talks openly about his highs at Rangers and his lows as he left the club for the last time as well so some interesting stuff in there for you after we do this and, and this will 
really be interesting. Trust me. Win VIP tickets for Star Sixes. SSE Hydro 4th to 6th of January. Roger Hanna and Jim Duffy are already shaking their heads And that's when I know that we're on to a winner here It's Star Sixes Read My Lips We've got one lucky contestant on the line uh, She is Pauline from Moss Park How are you Pauline? I'm great, how are you? Good thank you Pauline Now the big question is Have you heard this competition in the last two nights? I have, yes Hugh Stevens was hilarious on Monday night well, You say hilarious, I say horrendous But that's fine, there's, oh, not, much, there's not much so difference um, So what's <laughs> going to happen if you've not heard it before Star Sixes Read My Lips uh, Roger and Jim are going to team up One of them is going to have loud music in their ear The other one is going to be shouting the names of famous footballers at them Of course you can only read the lips Because you've got the loud music in your ear And we're going to try and win Pauline Four extra VIP tickets to the Star Sixes Pauline, you've already got two tickets just for coming on We'll try and get you up to six Does that sound okay? Excellent, thank you Good stuff, right Who would you like to do the Who would you like to do the shouting And who would you like to do no. the lip reading? No. I'm trying to think who would be the best at shouting I'm no disrespect, oh. but I'm thinking Jim Duffy might be the best. I'm shooter. thinking Jim Duffy's a good shooter. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's a safe oh, assessment. Pre- prepare for real disappointment here, Pauline. Right, Jim Duffy, yeah. I have my uh, trusty, to be honest, right. what looks like a sick bucket full of names. Yes, I'm going to hand over to you. They're just picking them out at random. Yep, I'll give Roger okay. some Clyde two in his ear. You ready, Roger? Go for it. Okay, and we'll give you. We'll give Roger the thumbs up when we're going to begin. Does that sound oh, okay? No way! I couldn't believe it. I was talking earlier on about names. Anyway. Okay, right. I'm going to stick Roger on to Clyde two, and we'll give you the thumbs up when we're ready to go, Roger. Right. You ready for this, Jim Duffy? His time starts now. Jan Venigur of Hesselink. Jan Benigur of Hesselink. Benigur. Yes, yes, yes. He's got to go, keep going. I, I can't hear him. Take your music. Take them off. Jurgen Klinsmann. John Spencer? Jurgen Klinsmann. No, pass. Go Jürgen. on. Jurgen. I'll move on. I'll move on. <laughs> this is better than I could have dreamed. Soon. Quick. Philip Lamb. Philip. <laughs> Philip Lamb. Philip Lamb. Okay, well done. Time up. That was that was incredible. That's Pauline, are you happy with that? Yeah. That is fantastic. That's no, fine. Your time's up. Time's up. Is that? Yeah, that's you. That's you. Time up. Well done. You got two. Pauline, sorry. Men, I said it's Yang Benigur of Hesling birthday today. Was I think it really? was his birthday yeah. yeah I think I saw that somewhere uh, in the title oh, what Pauline, That is a hard name to say To try and get I'll some young <laughs> Vinny Gura You did well Pauline's already got two tickets for coming on And you mm. won her an extra two So that's fine Oh excellent well done, Pauline. Are you happy much. with that Pauline? Thanks very much That's brilliant <laughs> Great stuff Enjoy, Enjoy. Who, who was the one I didn't get? Um, in the middle who was Philip Lamb Jürgen Klinsmann Jürgen Klinsmann Oh no I didn't get Jürgen Klinsmann Right well done to Pauline You'll have your chance to win tomorrow The Star Sixes returning to the SSE Hydro um, It's the 4th to the 6th of January It should be a cracking event Some great players playing um, Talk about the old rivalry uh, Michael Owen's going to be leading an English team We've got the likes of Barry Ferguson And Simon Donnelly playing for Scotland Robert Pires leading a rest of the world team as well So you'll have your chance to win tickets In that fashion by the way Tomorrow and Friday night it, it, it finishes on Friday mm-hmm. So I don't have to do this again <laughs> oh, Wonderful yeah. I've got a sore throat You can think about it Would you like to team up With Gordon DL At this competition? No Yeah well there you go I've He was got, actually quite I'm good At it last night I've got to deal with him At a full time teaser Once a week This would be a step too far Gordon. <laughs> he was quite good at it Right keep the calls coming On any of tonight's topics 01419511025 um, Have a change of pace Let's hear from 
Andy Little, shall we? I'm sure you've all know Andy. In fact, he's been in the show a number mm. of times. Um, he has announced his retirement from football at the age of 29. Um, I'm sure that was a big decision, as you can imagine. And he speaks very, very openly and honestly about it, about the demands of, of playing football when perhaps your heart, your head, your body's not in it any longer. Um, I caught up with Andy a bit earlier on today, and here's what he had to say. Well Andy, thanks for joining us on Super Scoreboard You're no stranger to the show But this is uh, the first time you join us as a, a former footballer How exactly <laughs> does that feel? If I'm honest, it feels really good Obviously I'm, I'm, I'm sad And it's been a really amazing response from a lot of people sort of, you know, Congratulating me on, my, on a career and wishing me well um, But if I'm honest, the feeling is relief And I really do feel like I've, I think I've made the right call And I'm excited about getting on with my life you know it's football completely takes over your life there's no doubt about it totally takes over your life and uh, I've made that decision eventually now to just get on with it What made you come to that decision? I'd say it's built up over about four years um, really just constant injuries I've had a, obviously a couple of bad ones that people know about but you know the muscle injuries and the the lack of game time not being able to to run about the way I used to a frustration that my body doesn't do what I want it to do anymore um, and also just sort of listen to my my head and some people around me who said you know I'm not I'm not exactly enjoying it anymore. I think I just needed to be honest with myself and it, it was a really tough one. But I definitely thought about it a lot more in the last probably year. I would say how tough is that to come to terms with? There's no doubt for 12 or 13 years now, football has been my complete life, just like it has every other player. Um, you have to completely discipline yourself, sacrifice. Everything, weddings, Christmas, you know, all these things you have to sacrifice for football. Uh, and I've done that and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to say I've done that. But it, it's so, I'll tell you in a couple of weeks how hard it is to walk away from it. Um, but right now it feels like the right thing and I'm really, you know, just, yeah, just relieved. I think I was battling with my own emotions for about the last however long really and it's about time I kind of listened to my head. It's a couple of times you've mentioned, you know, listening to, to what's going on in your head Mentally, how tough is it to, to, to deal with? Because it's perhaps a side of the game that we don't really pay as much attention to as we should in terms of we expect footballers to be you know quick and, and strong and good on the ball, whatever it may be. But we perhaps don't pay much attention to what it's like mentally to continually go through injuries and, and setbacks and, and, and just keep trying to plug away at that side of things. Yeah, I think I could I could always deal with playing badly and I could always deal with player or fans having a go at me or I'd never had an issue with that. I could always deal with that, but with injuries I couldn't deal with it and I've never been able to deal with it because to me it felt like a weakness. You know, I felt like it was a if I went in and told the physio I couldn't train that day or told the manager I'm not feeling very fit or it just felt like a sign of weakness to me and I really hated doing that. So I think that's what I mean by listening to my head where I was just picking up all these little injuries and I felt like an idiot at times and I felt like I was, you know, my teammates would ask me, are you fit tonight? Are you, can you train tonight? Can you play today or what? And I had to keep saying, no, I'm struggling. And I think it was about, once you've sort of said that so many times, um, it gets to you eventually and you've just got to, as I say, listen to your head, listen to, and listen to your body, you know, and 
the mental side of the game is massive and I was struggling with it and I think it's the right thing for me to do in the scheme of my life to just get out of it Assuming this is now a time then for a bit of reflection what was the high point? <sighs> yeah, it was, it's amazing I must say I, I like, I'm pretty hard I don't generally you know, things don't get to me but the comments I've had on social media and what have you and people phoning me up since since I sort of announced it and people mentioning the high the high points. Obviously, you know, international debut was massive for me. Playing for for Glasgow Rangers was incredible. Something I never thought I'd do. Playing in an old firm game and scoring and winning winning leagues, being part of you know a few years in the in the top in the top flight where you know I was a, a part of an unbelievable squad of players who were idols of mine. You know, like the Steve Davis was a hero. David Healy was a hero. Chris Boyd was a hero. And, and I, I made my debut for Chris Boyd and my de- debut for, for David Healy. I mean, what more can you want as a young lad, you know, growing up back home? So those are high points, I think, to, to rub shoulders with the likes of those people. Getting those comments from people and reminding me of, of things that I have achieved, it's it's really, really, you know, it got to me a wee bit and um, it's nice to look back on. Um, and I'll definitely... Be able to. I can, I'm proud to say I can. I can say those things. And um, but you got to get on with your life. You can't just keep harping on. And uh, it's nice to see, but um, I need to get on with it. Was there sort of one low point where where you thought you know this is you know you contrast the the, the goal against Celtic. That's something that's going to stay with you forever. I mean, deservedly so. Was there a a flip side to that at any point? Yeah, I'd say probably the you know if I'm honest the 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 day I I was released. You know, um, I spoke to Ali McCoist in, in in the training ground, and um, I drove out those blue gates as we were always told. From the, when I came in at sixteen, seventeen, I was told you'll regret it. You'll regret it if you don't work hard the day. And I and I, I didn't regret it because I knew I'd given it everything. But the day I drove out the the blue gates at the training ground was very, very, very tough for me. And I I cried the whole way to Stranraer. I'm not ashamed to say that. You know, I was I went straight home that day. That was a that was a massive low point. England, I'll, I'll just forget about it. <laughs> I'd rather not. You know, it it didn't work out for me. Um, I think my heart was still up here, and hence why I've moved back to Glasgow. And I've lived here now for two and a half years. And the other low point, I suppose, would be that the really bad head injury. Well, I would probably just wrap up all the injuries into one because they were they were the low points. Every single injury. Any other jo- any other job. You can go to your work and you can do it generally and you can go away satisfied with, with football if you're injured. There's no job satisfaction. There's no pleasure. Uh, you can't do what you're supposed to do and that's hard to take. Uh, entirely unplanned, we have the, the last manager that Andy Little worked with at a professional level. Jim Duffy, you were obviously there, party to that discussion. and mm-hmm. um, Listen, it's no secret Andy a, is a friend of the show, but yeah. it, it's... It's really fascinating to hear a player speak so openly and honestly about the game just simply not being for him anymore. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know Andy, you know obviously got to a certain level in his football career as he, as he mentioned those extreme highs, and I think anything you know below that is is, is frustration and 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 you, you ally that to the injuries, uh, you know the you know and and that 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 kind of just kind of drags you down and, and you stop enjoying football. You, you know you know you you concern yourself more about you know what you can't do. You know, and um, as he said, you know it's time to move on. And I think it's it's tough, but it's as it's, it's, you know he said he he believes the right decision for him. And uh, you know you've got to go on with your life. And, and you listen, those, those memories will always be there. Those highlights will always be there. But it's time to look forward in life now and look for new challenges away from football. And I think that's what Andy had to do. Um, you know, for himself. Uh, you know, just to get himself motivated as a person again. Um, I think he, he knew himself; his own personality had been affected by it, and you can only go so long with that. And then you start to drag other people around you down. And Andy didn't want that, so he wanted to 
get that wee bit of spark back in his life again, get that enjoyment doing things again that he wanted to do. And to do that, I had to step away from football. And, you know, you can only wish him all the best in uh, the new challenges ahead for him. Yeah. And, and listen, I saw the statement Andy put out on social media last night. And it was very touching. You know, he, he spoke about the high points of his career. He spoke about the low points of his career. He elaborated in that great interview with you there, Gordon, a few moments ago. And Andy Little, good player. You don't get to play for Rangers in Northern Ireland if you're not a good player. But he strikes you as a very good person as well. And at 29 years of age, he's got his whole life ahead of him. He could go into coaching. He could go into media. He could go into anything he likes, Gordon. The most important thing for Andy Little now is he's fit, he's healthy and he's happy. Is it a side of the game, Jim, that we perhaps don't look at? Because, listen, as fans, you just want to see the product on the pitch and you want to yeah. see who who's playing well, who's not, who's going to help my team win. Um, perhaps we we sort of... And I'm not saying we should all sit here and feel really sorry for, for every footballer that's out there, but it is clearly a, a, a very specific set of pressures and expectation that's on you and then sometimes, for various reasons, that just becomes too much. Yeah, and you become isolated sometimes when you're injured. You know, if you're with some of the big clubs, sometimes it's not, not quite as bad simply because you've got maybe... You know, daily physio and daily routines and you're with other players and you maybe get a fitness coach or whatever happens to be with you. But other clubs, you know, when you're when you're injured, you know, you're 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 not deliberately, but you're you know you're to the side, you know, because the manager has to focus on the players he has and he maybe doesn't have the time or the resources or he doesn't have the staff to try and pick these other guys up, both physically and mentally you can spend uh, whatever maybe twenty minutes, thirty minutes with the physio. Then the physio is another player to deal with and you're you, you, you go, on, go on with things yourself And you don't really feel part of it And that's very difficult And if you've got that over a concerted period of time As Andy says You just you, you end up you think to yourself Well I'm the one to say Because they would think Oh you're not injured again are you mm-hmm. And that's not really what managers do But players do believe that at times So listen As, as Roger said He's got to be happy within himself He's, he's, he's thought long and hard about it For a, a long long time and uh, you know he's got to make that decision for you know his own well-being and moving forward in his life, and I think that that's really really important. And you know that players, I mean, I, I'm always sticking up with one or two people in here about the young Jordan Rossiter, for instance, that went to Rangers. Mm-hmm. He seems to you know continually be injured, and people say, "Ah, oh, he's injured." You know, almost as if just kind of disregard him or move him out or get rid of him or whatever. But you know, you put yourself in the player's position. How difficult it is. And it's not about the money year, or the you know if you play a few games here and there, it can be demoralising at times. I said it can affect your whole family life, your whole social life, everything. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to understand the demands on footballers aren't just what you see in a Saturday between you know th- that ninety five, minutes. Yeah. yeah. All right, Davy Boy, don't you worry. Davy Boy's on Twitter. He says, "Bring back the teaser." We've had to st- we've we've stood down the teaser this week. We didn't want it to become competition overload, but don't you worry. The teaser will be back on Monday night, so keep sending those questions in full time at Clyde1.com. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompsons.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard In the company of Jim Duffy and Roger Hanna Still time for you to get involved though You can give us a call 01419511025 If Twitter is your thing At Clyde SSB um, Bit of news from tonight Not entirely good news unfortunately We've been following the, the young Aki's journey Roger yeah. Hanna into the UEFA Youth League Great result in the previous round against Basel Winning on penalties um, Unfortunately the first leg tonight Defeated 2-0 against Danish side Michelin So yeah, a bit of work to do I'll tell you though It's not over They've got a second leg 
at the Hope CBD Stadium. There were nearly two and a half thousand at the home game against FC Basel. I am quite sure Ronnie McDonald and the board at Ackies will again put on free entry for everyone. So get down to the game and get behind the young Ackies because it's a great story. George Cairns and his team. Indeed, well done. Um, we're on Twitter at Clyde SSB. We just played an interview with Andy Little, who's decided to retire from the game. Only 29, um, but just a, a culmination of injuries and just not right for him anymore. Snooker Loopy's on saying, Well done, hope you have a successful career. Um, I'm sure that's echoed amongst many of you out there. Sandy's a Rangers fan from Dunfermline. Hi, Sandy. Good evening. Hello. Hi, Sandy. Uh, hello, Gordon. Hello, panel. Uh, no, I, I would just like to say that uh, uh, the interview we, you had with Andy, Andy Little uh, was uh, entirely inspiring. Um, he was very cognizant of the fact that he'd had injuries and uh, the, how injuries take uh, the toll on the, the, the body. And uh, he's, he's now unfortunately had to retire at the age of 29, which is, I think is a great shame. Um, what I would like to really relate to is the, the fact that um, all young footballers out there is the fact that there is life after football. And there is other things in life. Although football might be a great thing in your life, not everything. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask Jim Duffy that. Is that the? Is that? I mean, is that a harsh reality that sometimes gets overlooked, Jim? As I, I mean, I sort of said that to Andy. For most guys, it's all they've ever known, and eventually yeah. that comes to an end, some earlier than others. Yeah, well, Andy said he went through the gates at sixteen, and obviously that's that's what he knows, and he spent twelve years or so, um, you know, dedicating himself um, to his profession. But if you're fortunate enough to be, you know, to get into another profession, it doesn't need to be coaching or football. Anything to do with football, nothing to do with it. It could be sport related, it could be anything, it could be business. Um, if you're fortunate enough to, to, you know, go and do something else and just enjoy it, you might still want to play for fun. You know, you want to play five or six with your pals, you know, on a, 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 an evening night. You might just, you know, as I said, to decide that it's not for you anymore or whatever. But the most important thing is that there are, as, as um, Sandy says, you know, there are other things in life, you know, football, you know, a lot of people's life <laughs> evolves around football, mm. even people are not directly involved in it, but not everyone. As I said, and I think it's the, the most important thing is to stay active, um, keep healthy, uh, if you can stay active, great, but but more importantly, keep your, your mind active, so whether that's in business, I mean, I don't, Andy may have other business interests. Yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, hopefully forgives me for not yeah. being able to play the full thing out. Yeah. Add time constraint. Yeah. He goes on to talk about, yeah. you know, working in property. Yes. Something that he does. Something that he yeah. wants to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe that makes him yeah. the fortunate yes. one because a, you know a little bit more fortunate than some. But nevertheless, you know, he has to get something that stimulates him. And if you're in a good position or if you're in a fortunate position to do that, great. But even if you're not, if you're just a Someone that's he's maybe fallen out of love of football, you know, as long as you're, you you try and stay positive in life, and that's that's the most important thing. I appreciate starting this question, Roger, with five minutes to go is, is maybe asking a lot of you, but I'm confident in you. Is that something that the game, and I don't know how, but is that something that the game can do better? Not particularly in Andy's case, but just generally prepare players for, for that day. 
I think well, listen, that, that's one you should aim at Fraser Wishart on Saturday afternoon in Super Scoreboard. But I, I, think, just do that. I, I think PFA Scotland does try yeah, that. They do, they do, yeah. You know, Fraser was he was up at Celtic earlier in the week speaking to Brendan Rogers' first team squad. He goes round the clubs. I'm quite sure he, you know, he's a spell at Jim Duffy's and Barton Fraser team. And Michelle were there last last week. Yeah, and, players and, as well. and, and they do, you know, education for players. Goes beyond education on a training ground. You yeah, know, the I remember PFA they did workshops before on you know tra- tra- different trades, yeah, tiling, and, and, and all they, the rest they, of it. They did that before, and they, they do try and get players involved and things like that, and try and prepare them for beyond their career because not every player can or wants to go into coaching. Not everyone wants to go into media. You know, some of them just want to to, to leave football behind and go and do something different. Andy wants to go and explore property, property development, and that kind of things. Other guys want to go into trade, you know. Back in the day, before Jim Duffy and I, he used to be a player who retire and buy a pub. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, you don't hear that so much nowadays. But to be fair to Fraser, to be fair to PFA Scotland, they do work hard to educate players on the opportunities beyond their retirement day. Uh, Sandy, you are a Rangers fan, so before we let you go, what about uh, this week's game then, tomorrow's game? What are your thoughts? Um. Uh, really, uh, I, I just hope we go away and uh, progress ourselves um, and make sure we have a a, a, a good uh, a good away leg. Um, and just obviously, at some some stage, um, <laughs> the, the run's going to come to an end. But can I can I also come back on the point that some of you, uh, your your final made on you go. Um, about uh, not just Andy Little but other players mm-hmm. I think it's important that, um, that young players get a good education and a good grounding and things uh, uh, so they, they, they can have something to fall back on if they don't go on to be a professional yeah. or, or if they're a professional and then and they come to um, an unfortunate end of career like Andy Little has um, they have something to fall back on. Yes, Jim Duffy said that he's maybe more fortunate than others. Uh, that he's, he has played for Rangers. He has earned decent money and he's able to put that into property. Yeah, that's great. But let's not forget there are also players out there that have never got to that stage, never, yeah. um, never, never realised that. And, well, I know for a fact that Colin Steam is a, uh, a joiner in, in Long Lithgow, um, an ex-Rangers player, an ex-Rangers star, uh, and that's how he, he ended up. So, uh, you know... It's, yeah, it's important, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Sandy, I'm going to have to leave it there just because time is, is getting away from me. Thank you very much for the call, though. Um, just before we let you two go, then, let's get some final thoughts on, on tomorrow. Since Sandy was a Rangers mm-hmm. fan, let's start there. Uh if you'd asked me this when the draw was made, I would have thought Spartak Moscow away might well have been a step too far for Rangers. But the reports out of Russia talk of a team in turmoil. Um, having seen them at Ibrox, they wouldn't terrify you, Gordon. I don't see any reason why Rangers can get a positive result there tomorrow night. Now, a positive result might be a draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm if you were to hedge your bets on how they handle the absence of, of Kent, mm-hmm. what, what would you suggest? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, he might just go with a, a, a narrow midfield on one side, you know, and just uh, maybe add an extra midfielder uh, in there. So, you know, I think uh, he might just play like three, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. with, um, you know, and I don't think he'll start with, um, you, you know, the, the, the three front players. But, 
you, you don't know You know obviously It depends on positive But I'm with Roger I think the Rangers will come back With a positive result uh, Again a draw would be a positive result But uh, I don't I don't see them losing the match That's yeah. for sure Alright and on to Celtic Yeah Leipzig got injury problems They were very good In their home game But Celtic have improved Dramatically In the last couple of weeks uh, A full house at Parkhead I think Celtic can win the game I think Celtic's playing as, as well as I've played in a long, long time and uh, they're scoring goals, they're opening up the team. Yeah, we know it's a different game um, but I think Celtic will, will win the match. I think, uh, you know, as I said before, they were struggling to score goals the last time they played so they were maybe a wee bit tentative anyway mm-hmm. just in their mindset but now I think that the belief is back in, is, is, is flowing through the veins so I, I see a, a win for Celtic. So two good positive results for the Scottish teams and Let's keep the run going. And the good thing about that is, it's f- from a neutral perspective, it's two informed teams because Leipzig are you don't flying have as well. A neutral, God, there's no neutrals in the, in, in the Celtic Rangers. Well, that's true. We could sure. do. We could just do with two wins, couldn't we? Anyway, to get the you mentioned it, the C word, not that one. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. get the coefficient yeah, up. It helps us all. And how good would it be to have Celtic and Rangers in the last thirty-two of the Europa League? Certainly sounds good But there is a lot of work to be done So make sure you join us tomorrow To find out if that work can be done Both teams in action Huge European games We'll be here from 6 o'clock until 8 I'll be back in the company this time Of Gordon Diel and Mark Wilson Thank you to Roger Hanna and Jim Duffy For joining me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard As always our sincerest thanks go to you Thank you for all the calls and tweets Thank you for listening And uh, don't forget the star sixes Read my lips That was magnificent That'll be back tomorrow night A chance for you to win up to six VIP tickets For the star sixes But in the meantime Stay where you are Callum Gallagher's up next One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.